0: This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing.
1: All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Jam. Uh, Again, huge thanks to Canada Post for making this happen. Uh, If you don't have a copy yet of Insight Magazine, uh, you probably want to get them shipped to your house. These days. Uh, but again, a nice table uh, kind of book that you can have out on your coffee table. You can read it. You can uh, use it as cutouts and make collages during this time. Uh, but make sure uh, you get yourself a copy. It's got incredible stories, uh, case studies, and facts and stats about what's happening with marketing. And what I love the most about it is uh, you open up right to Dan here. There is a case study right here on a uh, mail campaign that happened in the UK. It's inspiring, it's bizarre, it's weird. Uh, Every episode, every kind of magazine that comes out has some weird and bizarre things that uh, make me stop and think. So thank you, Canada Post, for making this show possible and for putting out a magazine that I actually like and read and don't just use for collages. So... Uh, without further ado, I want to welcome Connor to the show. Uh, Connor and I actually know each other. We both are at agencies right here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, so I know Connor personally. So this is a rare uh, gift when someone comes on the show who I've seen in real life and in person and in the flesh. And we do these lunches every once in a while with different agency owners across Vancouver. And Connor is always the—I uh, call him like the provoker. He's always got <laughs> provoking thoughts and questions and opinions. Um, Again, his reputation uh, known uh, specifically as the expert in the industry of tourism. Uh, how organizations can also do live events to the things that Connor's known for, amongst many other things, uh, as just a, a peer in the industry that really
0: gives back. So, thank you, Connor, for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, buddy. It's, it's good to see you. And, well, I mean, I, w- I wish we could do more I- in real life uh, meetups right now. Um, but, I mean, I guess this will have to do. But, big fan of the show, by the way. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, thank you. So, Connor,
1: we, we uh, see websites of agencies, Junction, uh, we've been to the site, we know about you, but what does your day-to-day actually look like as someone in your role and, and what Junction actually does
0: for, for brands around the world? What does what a day in the life look like? That, that is a question. Um, I, uh, As I'm sure everyone can empathize with right now, um, this changed a lot, um, but in, in general, um, so I, I call myself a consultant, my, my team, we're a team of consultants, and, and that probably makes it even more ambiguous, but we do a little bit of everything from we're presenters, where sometimes we step in, we're like uh, acting CMOs, sometimes we're therapists to executives, we're trainers. Um, but in effect, the, if you really kind of like boiled it down, um, is we go into an organization, we help them to figure out like, what are they up to? What are their goals? What do they try to accomplish? Um, and then we build a plan for them to get there and we equip their team to do that through a series of strategies, presentations, training, and workshops. So if a brand's like, hey, Connor, can your company run my Facebook account for me? Do you do that?
1: Absolutely. So how, like, so this is what I don't understand. There's so many agencies that are quote unquote full service, and and they live and and kind of make revenue by that, and that's how they you know they they become these big large shops. Like, how has it been for you to say no to work when it sits there right in your face with this big kind of steaming pile of money that you could
0: be getting? Yeah, and and this this is kind of comes down to our core reason for being, right? And i'm sure that everybody has this issue where there's like all these different things we can do we can sell this product we can we bring on that service um and about five years ago we sat down and we figured out like why do we exist and overwhelmingly it was this idea that that we had splintered as an ecosystem digital marketing had grown up very quickly and we had an seo shop and we had a social media company and a website company and executives were sitting there being like i think everything's working pretty well but i don't really know um there, there was nobody inside the company driving the bus um, and at the same time, like the guest or the customer, they were out there and they'd get one message on the website, one message on social, another one in their email. It, we just saw a very fragmented ecosystem and it felt it, it felt incomplete from the guest perspective, but it also felt like it was inefficient. Like companies were spending all this money and doing all of these things and nobody really knew, like there was no one single source of truth. So what, what we figured out was the reason that we exist, like the reason that we get excited about work is helping businesses build that capacity. We, we call it digital from the inside out. And, and it just fundamentally, it means that you might still work with agencies. We love referring business over to Jelly. Jelly's awesome with what they do. We, you might still have contractors or freelancers, but at the core, the, the, the fu- fundamentally, the business knows where it's going. And, and we find that agencies love that, too. Okay. So in a sense, you provide the the strategy, the roadmap,
1: kind of the big picture, and then you kind of get out of there? Or do you end up staying and kind of providing that kind of support along the way? Or what's that look like after?
0: Yeah. The the idea is that we sort of hand it over and everything's beautiful and, and, you know, the the world is an amazing place and people can run with it. But as we know, things are always changing. You know, priorities Mm -hmm. shift, new products, new markets. And so very often we end up sticking around um, and we're, we sort of go on to be advisors. We'll sit in on the big quarterly marketing meetings. We'll provide reporting and oversight, or even like we'll help to write briefs or um, select agencies. So yeah, we're, we're really just there. And this is what I love about my job now is that, you know, in the old days I, I came from running a creative agency and I'd always felt like we were sort of like fighting against our clients, right? Like we're trying to sell them products or sell them services and convince them to do a thing. Now I'm, friends with my clients, you know, mm. you know we're, we're partners, you know, if wow. something goes wrong, I get a call being like, hey, Connor, what, what can we do about this? How do we fix it? Versus they call their agency and be like, Hey, agency, we need you to fix it. You know what I mean? Wow. So instead of being antagonistic,
1: you, you actually are, you can actually do some kind of like, Hey, here's three options for you. Here's why I think this one is kind of ABC. hundred percent. Yes. But what was it like? Give me that early days and, and those that are listening and watching the show. Those early days in the boardroom or with a client, and they're saying, Connor, can you do this for me? And you having to say no, are you you feeling like your agency made a decision to say no to that. What was that like emotionally and and even operationally for you?
0: I mean, it's a challenge. Like, it's it's it hasn't always been that our client roster was full. It hasn't always been that we had all the work that we could we could take on. Um, and so for us internally, it was it was hard sometimes to look at that billing and, and say no to it. Talking to that executive, though, I never never had tr- trouble because I never said no. right? Like I've, I've surrounded myself with a lot of really talented people who I love bringing in on projects, love passing on. Because honestly, I know that the people who specialize in those skills are going to do a better job than I or my team could do anyways. So the client's going to be better off. They're going to be better off. I'm going to have developed a better relationship with the client. So if we think about the long game, it becomes really easy. If we're thinking about this quarter. Yeah, sure. Sometimes it, it's tough. But if we think about where we're going in one year or five years, that, that's a really easy call for me to make. Wow, and, and tourism, how did Junction kind of get into the
1: world of tourism? Like, you, you know, you're putting on webinars now, you're supporting mm-hmm. this industry in, in such an incredible way, but like, how did you kind of get introduced to that vertical?
0: Yeah, so I, we, we're chameleons to a certain extent in, in that we get super nerdy about something and like research the heck out of it, make sure that we have all of the data and the insights and the research. And what ends up happening is, as we pull at that thread, we become experts in mm-hmm. a space, and so we we were fortunate to work on a project with Destination BC about four years ago, um, where we partnered with them to help to deliver training and you know empower businesses across BC. And in doing that, we probably led somewhere in the neighborhood of a couple hundred workshops across wow. you know, my team and I, um, and still doing it uh, and working with tens of thousands of operators, and so we in, in doing that and the work that sort of came out of that that we became the experts sort of in wow. Canadian tourism. Um and so at at this point, yeah, the majority of our work is in Canadian tourism, but it's certainly not exclusively so. You know, we we all also find a lot of um need and opportunity in retail, especially right now, you know, yeah. like retail transitioning to e-commerce. So like fundamentally we work really well with any organization that wants to take control of what they're doing. It just so happens that we have an extensive experience in tourism right now, uh, and tell me about your, your experience in live uh, experiences for different brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it's funny about we look at this as kind of our, our hidden superpower. It was about, about seven years ago. Uh, our I'd say maybe our largest client came to us and they said we love the idea of doing live town halls. We want to be able to stream this to all of our clients, or sorry, not clients to their to their internal stakeholders. So their their staff, their managers, etc. And we were like, you know, this is this is 2012, 2013. We're still saying yes to just about everything. And so we're like, yeah, sure, we'll figure it out. We're, you know, transparent with them. But like the internet was so early in those days, yeah. we're figuring everything out. And we were fortunate to have one really amazing partner who had done this in the past. And they, they helped us along. Um, we just kind of, you know, learned by trying. And like month after month, originally the whole purpose was to be that we were going to set up the capacity inside that organization to run their own live streams, and they just found that it was better to bring somebody in. And so we've just been helping them to do that ever since. And you know, we've been very careful about opening that up to new clients because you know, for a few different reasons. One, it's not really scalable. You know, running live streams for clients, you have to like drive there, and you have to have people, etc. But what what we've known all along is, as doing this, we've become experts in this, and yeah. we've been through every potential mistake and crash and like you, just these these horrible moments that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Um, but every one of those has been a, a learning experience. And what's been amazing is that now that you know we have to be online and now that like digital is everything, now everybody is looking around going, how do I do live? And um, and so it's it's been um an interesting time because I feel like there are a lot of people trying stuff and being creative. And that's amazing, right? Like yeah heck yeah, go, go for it, like be, be creative. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe like your brand deserves a little bit more professionalism and, and, and making sure that you know what you're up to. So we, we've been pretty busy, to be honest with you, helping yeah. everybody from like um, educational institutions mm-hmm. to large brands to, you know, um, fitness groups figure out this whole live thing. I, I think it's amazing. And honestly, I hope it sticks around after and we get to work. And when you started, were you using GoToWebinar back in the day, or what was the tool of choice back uh, in the day? I'll, I'll shout them out, partly because they're, they've now been acquired, but Livestream has always been yeah. our, our go-to. Cool. So Livestream.com, yeah. um, we, we use them for years. They've now been acquired by, by Vimeo, so things have changed a little bit there. Um, but for you know, somebody who's looking for a professional solution, something that can go out to thousands and thousands of people, that, that's what a, it's, it's re- really high quality. Okay, okay. so it, Zoom is, isn't just our only option. Mm. Yeah, this point, hundred percent, you know, and like we can get into the weeds on this, but like I, I love Zoom. You know, I'm yeah. this afternoon. I'm going to be doing my own webinar uh, using yeah. Zoom you know, yeah. for a, a few hundred people. Uh, I think Zoom is awesome, and like it's brought us closer together in these very strange times. Yeah. Instagram Live is great sometimes. Yeah. You know, v- Vimeo is good. YouTube Live is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good old fashioned go to webinar works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there's there's kind of a tool for every job out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I someone did not want to do Zoom yesterday, so we went on to Cisco's uh, mm. system that set up. So it, it was a nice download. It was fun and it worked. But you know, everyone's kind of got their their you know go to that they like, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So for you, uh, kind of next steps as far as like work and and just life in general. Uh, what are you seeing kind of coming down the
0: pipes? What are you excited mm. about during this time? Maybe that uh, could give some of us hope in marketing. Mm. I I love that people are just moving fast. I I love that brands are trying stuff. They're being creative. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with somebody and they've been like, I've had this on my desk for three years and now we're finally doing it. But these, these ideas that we've had that we've wanted to to put into motion, now they're just, there's no reason not to do it. I, I mean, for example, my own webinars, like I've, I read an email every week. It's great. I've read a lot of articles. It's awesome. But I've always kicked myself and like, I should be doing this live thing that I tell everybody about. And now sure enough, we're doing it and it's going great. But beyond that, what, what I'm I'm even more excited about is I feel like we have this like messy middle time. I just use a startup phrase. But we have this messy middle time where everyone's kind of like figuring things out. We're being very scrappy. As we start to return back to business though, I think that the brands that were paying attention, the brands that we're being really creative are, th- are gonna be the ones that win. And we've been talking a lot with our clients about this concept of, of day zero planning and, and not to go all consultant on you, but day zero planning is like this idea that there's going to be a moment when we start to re-emerge. And it's not gonna be all at once, of course, but there's gonna be a moment when we start to like come out of our cocoon, if you will. And th- there's gonna be a lot of brands that have planned ahead and they yeah. know this is our content. This is how we're reintroducing ourselves to the world. We'd invested in our community during the hard times. So they're, they're, they're going to be rolling right as yeah. people come back into the office and then pretty much everybody else. And like we, we know that, you know, people don't prepare as much as we would like to think that we do but pretty much everybody else is going to be scrambling. They're, they're going to say, Oh shoot. I didn't see this coming when like, of, of course it's coming. Like We, we, we know that eventually the, the market's is going to come back, whether it's six weeks or six months or you know two years from now. So I, what I'm excited about is for us to like test and try and be creative, but then start to build that into a real plan that we can use for day zero. Wow. I love that term. I've used it a few times since I heard you say it, day zero
1: planning. And because and, it not only does it give me hope when I talk about it, but it actually helps kind of put a line in the sand of, hey, what can we do? And um, have we prepared to bring hairdressers into our retail operation to provide free haircuts for people? Because that's going to be the number one need
0: I awesome. feel like. Yeah. And steal it, use it. i, I everybody, I encourage you to pass <laughs> it around because, and this is, this is my, my, I guess my anxiety and my hope is that our economy, whether it's travel and tourism or retail or or whatever is great because we have like these cool little businesses, we have creative shops, we have people like trying new things in general. It's not amazing because we have Amazon and Apple and you know, the the big names of the world. And, and so, what I'm I'm optimistic about is that these people will emerge on the other side. Mm. But what I'm I guess concerned about is that we're you know only the the, the large will survive. And so, mm. my, the mission, if you will, right now is to be pushing people forward and say like Let's go! Like let's let's plan forward. Let's be creative. Let's let's do things that are going to make make it so that more of us you know small businesses come out on the other side. And maybe even stronger, like we have, a,
1: I work with a cocktail brand that did cocktails at events and, and mm-hmm. high-end cocktail uh, kind of experiences. And, and I've talked to them a while ago about doing a subscription cocktail box, and, and I hope they would one day do it. And they're now, for, it, you know, they forced them to do it now. Now you can get a weekly subscription of a new cocktail sent to your house that you make in your own home. And, but I think, and then if it emerges, they'll, they'll have two different revenue streams instead of just one.
0: Thanks for okay. this whole, Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason why what, what makes us strong right now couldn't then continue to exist when our core business is back.
1: Yeah. And, and tell me what about Earl's, what, you, what you've been seeing that they've been doing with the, their sommelier and kind of wine master. Yeah. I,
0: I've just been, I'm a, I'm a huge Earl's fan. They're not a client. I'm just like, I've been a lifelong fan. I sort of spent my late teens, early 20s, um, thank you to my ID, in in, in Earl's, uh, the yeah. Tin Palace in North Vancouver. And um, what I've, I've watched happen is like it become a very, very cluttered marketplace, right? It was they were only semi-differentiated against the mm. Cactus Clubs, Joeys, and et cetera. And at the moment this happened, they did a few things. One, they took care of their people. You know, mm. they, they they stepped up. They continued to pay people. They, they've been really good to their, mm. their what we call internal stakeholders, yeah. the most important group. And then they went out and they started to support their suppliers. Um, mm. But in grocery delivery. Now, Earls, and, and I, I don't know their books, but I can't imagine they're making almost any money on grocery delivery. But what they know is all these suppliers depend on Earls for yeah. their own businesses because they work with a lot of you know medium-sized um, suppliers. And, and and now, and then the community side of things, and this is what everybody sees, right? This is the, the case studies that we read and the videos we pass around, is you know, they're they're doing wine, uh, live wine chats. So they've got this hilarious, uh, weird, interesting sommelier who will just go on um, and he'll hang out with you for about an hour and he'll just talk about wine. And like, he's got a bit of an agenda prepared, but yeah. he's got an amazing host who, who sort of leads him through it. And, and he like educates and he chats and everybody at home is drinking wine too. And what I think is brilliant about it, uh, this, besides the fact that he's just great on camera, um, is that what they understood is that what people get from Earls is that you know sense of being together, even if it's mm-hmm. with strangers. That like having a cocktail with a crowded room of people and who knows who's here. Maybe I recognize somebody, and you kind of in a weird way you have that on Zoom. There's about three hundred people wow. on this chat. Yeah, and and they're all just like hanging out together in the chat. He's responding to questions. And, like, it was the closest thing that I've ever felt in this strange time to, like, actually going out to a bar. And, like, I thought it was, from a brand perspective, a really strong move for them to understand that this is what people were missing. I
1: I got invited to come on to, like, a marketer's club, kind of clubhouse hangout time online, and it ended up being, I was chatting there, but no one would respond. It was just two people who had an agenda to talk at me. So Mm -hmm. I love the fact that there was actually interaction and connections and
0: and some love. Well, and this is honestly what we're advising clients right now when it comes to live and, and have been for years, is like the first question is, why is this not recorded? Mm. If, if you don't have a good answer for that, like this for example, this this yeah. is recorded and it's great and you can yeah. do a little bit of editing and people can rewatch it or re-listen yeah. to it, like perfect. Uh, there, there's no, a, no reason why this has to be like, we could do a live version. We can do some Q&A, bring people in, maybe have a guest drop in every once in yeah. a while. But like yeah. if the client or the, the business can't answer the question, why isn't this recorded? It should probably be recorded. Interesting. So
1: tell me about this. Where do you go for like ideas, inspiration, and kind of like to keep yourself in the know? Because I, I think what's happening now is that in a sense we're overwhelmed with marketing mm-hmm. knowledge, right? Like there's so many newsletters we can subscribe to, so many videos we can watch, so many webinars to we go to that even some that say they're one thing but they're another. But like yeah. what's the filter you use and what would you
0: recommend to, to our viewers and listeners? Yeah, so there's kind of two sides of that, right? There's the, you know, we'll call sort of technical side of things. There's like, how are the platforms evolving? What are they doing? I like to go straight to the source, uh, I, I read the the Facebook blog. I'll read the Pinterest blog. Go to Ahrefs and read what the nerds are talking yeah. about. And yeah. Love love you SEO nerds, but your nerds. The, the, what they're they're talking about as it relates to SEO. Um, and but so there's that side of things. And and I think that if we're going to do that, if we're going to make that a, a part of our practice, we need to get the most real and raw information that we can, and not get the sort of like the 300 word condensed version on somebody else's blog. And then the other side of it is, and what what I call empathy, and and You know, I didn't coin that phrase, obviously, but empathy in in that it's this idea that we need to understand how people are actually using this stuff. Mm -hmm. And the mistake that we've made is we'll read a blog post or listen to a podcast about this amazing new technique where we can sell a million of something. And we need to ask ourselves, like, is that how people are actually using the platform or the technologies? To me, empathy is about like, let's, you know, make sure we're staying up with pop culture. You know, yeah. we know what meme culture is. We know what yeah. the, the people who people are following are, are talking about. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, it's a, that's a messy answer. But I think in general, if we're going to be good at this stuff, we just need to be constantly curious. We need to be okay. following people on Twitter. We need to be reading newsletters. And, and I'll, I'll shout out my own because I, I love writing it. It's called The Brief write it every Monday. I kind of like take all of the things that I'm seeing in the world and filter it through. Like, this is why I think it's important. People agree with me. Sometimes they disagree with me sometimes. And that's my favorite part of it. Um, so if you want to sign up brief. um, gotta get that call to action in. And, and so I, I, I love emails. Uh, the hustle is also great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love leading, um, like, Benedict Evans' uh, email, he's a a VC. So I I just think curiosity and like constantly collecting information is let go. And if we want to be technical, going straight to the source.
1: Yeah, I actually, your e-newsletter and Strategy Magazine are my two favorite e-newsletters I get every week. Um, I find them both full of actual knowledge that I end up sharing with others. And and they're the two newsletters that I'm like, I actually have my staff all subscribed to as part of like, hey, this is the real stuff. Um, Thank you. Appreciate and there's no adge- there's no agenda in it, which I love as well. Like it's you're not trying to sell me a conference. You're mm-hmm. not trying to like upsell me on something. You're just trying to say like, hey, here's the latest goods, and you actually dissect it. And you yeah, it is. But so yeah, I definitely disagree with some stuff because you you get opinionated, which I like that you actually have opinions though. You don't just give the facts. You're like, hey, this is what I think is what this means.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I mean my favorite Mondays, I send it every Monday. My favorite Monday is when I hit send and I hit refresh and I have five emails from people being like, You're an idiot.
1: <laughs> That's great. No, it's it's a it's a great newsletter. I find it very So thank you for, for taking the time to do that. It's it's an
0: incredible resource for, for all of us my here. Pleasure. And and yeah, it's I I love doing it. But I mean like I think if we're gonna take a lesson out of things like that is that yeah there isn't a direct call to action. Like I can I can barely correlate the the emails that I send out to new business, but what I, I can draw a, a direct correlation from is the, the amount of people who come up to me and, and email or, or, Hey, I, I told my um, wife, husband, business partner about junction because I read your email. And so it's, it's not like, we're not having people knocking on our door because we're running, you know, promotions in our email, but it it, it, it is that sort of property that is maybe the most valuable thing to our business right now. That's awesome. And and advice
1: to other brands and marketers right now. What's kind of like the things that you're saying, hey, man, hold on to this? Or what, what are you kind of giving um, kind of your time to an energy to?
0: Yeah, so uh, what I've been advising people to do right now, anybody who still has the ability to be doing business is, you know, we're, we're, most of us are... So we're gonna be in some sort of reduced capacity. So my advice to them is always like, how do we solve different problems for the same audience? Because what I see a lot of businesses do, and I think this is a mistake, is trying to find a new audience, trying to, to find a new industry or a new, new way. But like right now, people don't wanna be introduced to new brands and having to like figure out what they are and like build trust. People still, like, people still exist. They're sitting at home, they, they need entertainment, they need education and they need products delivered. So it's like, how, how do we solve different problems for the same audience? And then the other thing is like, we need to be playing offense. Because, and and this is what I've been thinking about a lot, is that like, one of two things is gonna happen at the end of this, either our businesses, and you and I are both business owners, so we can yeah. either our business is gonna survive and it's gonna thrive, yeah. or not. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not gonna plan for option two, I'm gonna plan for option one. Right? Yeah. And, and there are some businesses that through no fault of their own are gonna fall into option two. They're yeah. they're not going to make it out of this, and I feel terrible for them. But I think what we can do right now is we can play offense. We can be doubling down on the things that people love about our business. We can be providing additional value for our clients. Like and uh, just a, a micro example here is like Revelstoke. They're t- telling everybody to stay home. Revelstoke Mountain and Revelstoke Tourism, but they're like developing their community by having this like sense of nostalgia. They're having mm. they just had. 400 people send in their favorite moments in photo form from Rebel Stoke that they've missed, right? It's like, how do we continue to cultivate that community? And how do we play offense so that we have something to come back to when the market turns? And people need something to do
1: besides, you know, uh, whatever. Tiger King is going to run out, TikTok video. (laughs) They'll eventually get tired of TikTok videos. So, you know, what can you give them to do? 100%.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I, I love that we're, you know, seeing brands for what they are right now. There's a, a famous um, quote from the Buffett group, which is like, when the tide goes out, we find out who was wearing pants. Right. And, and we're, we're kind of seeing that right now. Right. Like, like Earl's very much has a brand, has a community. They're doubling yeah. down on that. Right. We're seeing brands like, like Lululemon are doubling down on their ambassador community and doing an amazing job mm-hmm. of it. Whereas like some of the, the other businesses are going like, well, if we can't sell stuff, yeah. why, why do we exist? Yeah. And i like, that like, that, that's the problem. Wow.
1: Connor, this was incredible. Thank you so much for being on the show. I always sure. learn something every time we talk. And uh, just even being a wallflower in the kind of agency owner's lunches, I always love watching kind of your thoughts and your questions. And, and it always gives me uh, lots to think about. So appreciate you giving the time on the show. Uh, all the live webinars that you're doing, make sure you follow Junction. Get on their e-newsletter list. I love it. The brief comes out every week. Um, all right, Connor, have a great rest of your day at home in your very cozy home. Thank you for inviting us into your house today. Thank uh, you, Barry. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week on Marketing Jam. And we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next